Hola Madridistas, welcome to our preview for the first home game of the month and it's also a Madrid derby. We're going to be hosting our local rivals Raya Vallecano. But uh, before we get into any of that, let's welcome the man himself, Ancelotti out Farouk. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, that's the thing, you know, we, we, we would live or die on, on, on this mountain, like whatever it is, we're always, we're always going to be Ancelotti out. And if the day that happens, you know, it's going to be basically Christmas and New Year and, you know, Eid and everything rolled into one, one giant holiday for me, man. Yeah, I've got to be honest, there's a lot of rumors floating around that, you know, Shabby Lanzo is going to take up the reins. He's having a really exp uh, nice stint at Leverkusen. Were you the one who shared the stats? So they scored something like 30 goals in like five games? Or what was that? No, 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 no. I'm, 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 I'm not, you know, I right now at the, I'm just at the point that I'm not too keen on who comes. You know, the point is just who goes. That's just a good at this point in time. <laughs> Well, well, well. I mean, it is what it is, man. Let's see, like, you know, it's 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 wanting to do it, you know, in Germany with Leverkusen, you know, and it's an opportunity to do it with Real Madrid. But, yeah, yeah, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see someone like Zizou come back because Zizou basically said this week, like, there is a reason he hasn't coached. He's going to have a very, you know, limited pool of places he can coach, you know. So that's the thing. Like, he's not going to coach in England. We know in France he's going to coach just maybe Marseille, maybe in Italy with Juve, and then it's Real Madrid. So it's just three, four cups that he can coach, you know. So, and, uh, you know, someone who has been there, done it, is, is, is always easier to say, you know, the devil, you know, it's better than the angel, you don't know, unless that devil is Carl Ancelotti, in that case, then anything is better than him. Wow. Yeah, and I have the stats, so Sunil was the one who shared it, he says, Chavalanso's uh, team has scored 50 goals in 14 games, not bad. 15-14? And... Yeah. Fucking hell, man. And they've not conceded a lot, too. He's really figured out how to work that team but anyways uh, we digress uh, this is not the part or the episode to discuss Ancelotti out <laughs> you know he's just won a Clasico uh, have you lived that down or has the high been like carried you throughout the week Farouk? the Clasico yeah it was it was really nice actually like the Clasico you know the, the victory of the Clasico was something that moved towards the, the beginning of the week and then you know there was the Halloween thing and stuff like that and they have this holiday for Halloween here in Italy, actually. So it kind of, you know, just compiled the team. And actually, I was able to, okay, I didn't watch the whole game, but I was able to watch, like, you know, a significant amount of the game again, you know, like certain portions of the game. And it, it was, at least it, it was quite interesting for me. Like, I was able to feel some things that... I oh, was, finally know, feel some things, okay. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it just feel like it reinforces, you know, what I think and what yeah. I believe. Because I just felt like, you know, when you go back and look into that, like you look at, you know, Ilkay scored a goal, Gundogan scored the goal, fine. But you look at the performance of Ilkay and Gavi in the middle of the park, and you kind of feel like, bro, but like we we are saying we have the best midfield in the world, but man, we're dealing with a 33 year old and a 19 year old, and you know, it's it's like what was he looking like, you know? And then uh, now you're thinking also like. I don't know, arguably the most informed midfielder we have in Chormeni is also out. Okay, like when I mean informed, yeah, people will come at me, oh, but Jude is okay. Like Jude is scoring, so basically Jude, you can say he's doing the job of a striker, you understand? So like, I mean, when it comes to that midfield stuff, you know, you can, I would say Jude is arguably the most informed attacker we have, but I think the midfielder who has clicked the most, in my opinion, has been Chormeni. And then, you know, now you look at the, he's not going to be there. So that's why I said, like, you know, just reinforces what I felt that, you know, 
we are still somewhere, you know, somehow, I don't know, in between spaces. Yeah, I mean, uh, we all, I feel like we always go through this. Uh, Ancelotti uh, turns out a uh, like a silly lineup, or maybe he doesn't prepare well enough for the games, so he gets the tactics kind of wrong. Uh, where he expects the team to play in a certain way, but then that's not exactly how the game will go. And then he has had to adjust uh, in the second half, or if that doesn't work in the next matches. So I feel like he's still learning a lot, and I hope you know. And just when we learned that, you know, uh, when he realized that Xiaomi was indispensable, we lost him. That's just how it goes in Real Madrid. Yeah, but that's the thing, man. I mean, you say he's learning a lot, man. The man is one billion years old, man. After a while, like, you know, your brain just doesn't have the capability to learn anymore, man. It's just hardwired, you know. You just go on muscle memory, man. That's just the thing. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's... I mean, that's... That, it's just reality, man. Like, it's science. Like, it's not an insult or anything. That's just pure science. After a while, like, I mean... They I mean, more okay, like, Farah, let's, let's ask you this. Like, would you change anything from the classic on who started the game no but oh, i think about who started i would definitely change like i would definitely would have started with uh kamavinga rather than fall and mendy mm -hmm. and maybe also rodrigo rather than uh rather than uh, uh sorry yeah what was it Oselu. called uh, rather than rodrigo mm -hmm. but again i think it's 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 not just about that it's about the lack of fundamental know-how from the players you know it's again, I keep going to the same thing. It's basically hero ball, you know. We keep playing that ISO ball as they call it in basketball. It's just isolated football. Everyone does what they do best and, you know, you hope for the best in, in the clicking of the team, you know. Because even when you see what happened in the second half, the introduction of Kamavinga and Luka Modric also, Modric was just doing what Modric was, you know. And that was control the midfield, you understand? So that's the thing, like, it's it's always that ISO ball and, you know, it's it's that hero ball thing as well. Again, so it's it's just about that. It's not about what I will do differently is just about the instructions or rather the lack thereof of the instructions, you know. Yeah, I, I get your point about the lack thereof instructions. I feel like whenever we visit, like especially an unknown team, Carlo does not prepare at all. And sometimes he overprepares for these bigger occasions. Uh, yeah, that's just how Carlo rolls, man. And then in, at the end of the day... Yeah, that, that's, that's and... the thing, exactly. That's the thing. That's why I've always said, like, you know, it's not. this is not something that I developed last week or six months ago. I have always said this, you know, it's about the fact that, okay, we keep doing this, we keep doing this, we keep doing this. But the point is, if I am going to these lesser teams, I shouldn't struggle to win. Or if these lesser teams are coming to me, I shouldn't struggle to win. You know, this is the point. I can understand the struggle, you know, like losing against Atletico, like it's normal. Like this is part of how football is. Okay, as fans, we don't want to do this, but this is the reality. Like as I mentioned before, in my opinion, Atleti are the, you know, title contenders even ahead of Barcelona, you know, like, so it's normal to lose to Atleti. It's normal to struggle at Barcelona, you know, to get dominated and all this kind of stuff. But then the point is, if I'm playing Union and then I have to wait till the 98th minute before this guy scores, you know, if I'm going and, you know, playing against the Valladolid, the Valacanos, you know, all those guys, and, you know, if I'm struggling against these guys, then what is the point again, you know? What is the point? And the point is... And, you know, people will come and tell me, like, okay, yeah, this is what this has been, what's happening. Yeah, I know it's always happened. We've struggled. Yeah, even, you know, with Zidane's peak team, we had the B squad who came up in the second half and do the remontadas and the comebacks and all this and what is and what is not. I agree with that. I'm not denying that. But the point is, again, we had exciting football. But right now, it's basically 90 games of struggling, 10 games of exciting football. That's basically one in every 10 games. Bro, like, is that how we want to roll? One in every 10 games? I feel like all of the games so far have been exciting, uh, especially for the neutral. It's not been like vintage football, but then 
thank you exactly for the neutral if you're a neutral just you know <laughs> tune into watching there because that's the thing like i mean for example yesterday like Bayern got knocked out of the cup okay like we have no investment there but this is a third division team obviously you root for the you know for for the david in this case like david clash against Goliath. you know that's always the case and whoever your body plays we're always going to be Goliath in that game you understand so especially when it comes to the Stadiga teams and you know you're struggling or every single game and i'm not just talking about you know the 13 games we've played this season. I'm talking about last year, the year before that, even when we won the UCL as well, you know. As you mentioned rightly, I think you used a very, very right phrase to, the, to define that, is that we never looked like winning any game. I think only Girona and Napoli is the game. Oh, sorry, there was also like uh, the first game we played against Bilbao. Bilbao yeah. didn't show up. And I think there was one more game. I can't remember which game was that. But like, there only been four games this year that actually we looked like winning. But every other single game, we did not look like winning. That's true. We actually look like losing, not four. even drawing. Yeah, Exactly. That's four in 13. I mean, come on. This is not 14 Manchester United, man. Come on. Oh, man. Don't get me started on Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> did you watch that game? I mean, I know we're uh, no, like delaying like until the Rio preview. But <laughs> I, I, did, uh, I, like I did catch the highlights. They looked absolutely horrible. And then all the stuff from social media, I feel like uh, Ten Hag doesn't have too long, you know, too long to go. Definitely, man. I mean, Ten Hag is gone. But I think that's the thing, like, you know, the, the question now becomes, like, how many will you sack till when? When is enough enough? Okay, I can understand, you know, people will draw parallels, but, like, Ten Hag came and then, you know, you can see, for example, at Spurs, you have, you know, Postecoglou, he came and he's, you can see something. Okay, even if they're not the real deal yet, you can see that they're trying to build something there, you know. Emery went to Aston Villa, you know, Gerard left them 18th in the league. They went to, you know, Europe last year. You know, you can see what these people are trying to do. You see Deserby came also into Brighton, you know. You can see what these people are trying to do. But with Ten Hag, there is no vision there. There is nothing. And he's going to be this fifth coach or the sixth coach where there is nothing. So the question now becomes, is it the players? Is it the coach? Is it the management? Like, it's just... It's Honestly, everything. I've, it's, like, it's I've, else, I've been talking to a lot of Man United fans and they've always saying it's not just one thing. It's not just the player. It's not the manager alone. It's everything put together. It's the management, the players and everyone put together. That's calling the whole I don't show. know if you saw this viral. There was a video that went viral yesterday after the match where they actually put a question to, you know, Gary Neville about the fact that uh, actually Martial has scored 89 goals in nine years at Manchester United. <laughs> bro, 89 <laughs> goals in nine years. That's less than 10 goals a season, bro. Yeah, <laughs> that's less than 10 goals, and you're the starting number nine, less yeah. than 10 goals a season. That's crazy, bro. That so you look at this kind of numbers and you feel like, yeah, hey, by the way, Farouk, like, we shouldn't be laughing. Man. Our forwards are like the best right now, too. We don't have forwards, that's the thing. Like, I mean, at least we don't have forwards, we know that. I mean, Hosein even has five goals in I think how many matches, eight matches, nine matches. Like, Come on, like, we don't have a nine, so that's the thing. We don't have a nine, it's a whole different thing, you know? But, I mean, as a starting nine for a club like Manchester United, having, you know, 89 goals in nine years, come on, like, that's absolutely, you know, crazy, like, impossible. Yeah. Anyways, man, let's, let's, let's just, you know, skip all this BS and get back on, on course, man. Back on course, yeah. Like, speaking of, you were talking about David and Goliath. Now we, we have an actual matchup, so we face our neighbours in Rio. They're eighth in the league. But but they haven't had it easy. Uh, So their fixture list consisted of Sevilla, Sociedad, Villarreal, all of whom they drew. They also face Atletico and Betis as well. And do you remember the Atletico scoreline? 
No. I was it the one where Atletico scored a lot of goals, I think. Oh yeah, it was a seven nil. It was a seven, yeah, okay. It was a seven one. Okay. Interesting. Uh, so that's good then. At least we know it's either we draw or we have a feast. <laughs> <laughs> That's the case with us. I, I was looking at all of the highlights uh, today. I think I watched yeah. most, uh, all of their league matches, highlights. And what stood mm-hmm. out to me was they always have a really good start. They always manage to score mm-hmm. one or two goals, go up front. And then towards the end in the second half, they always lose their like yeah. Because they're a high-pressing team, they lose their energy. And then they're not that good uh, as last year, defending out the back as well. And of course, okay. they don't have Fran Garcia helping them out in offense. That's also true. You know, actually, speaking of that, that's actually quite interesting because I also saw, like, you know, like, uh, while their main man, obviously, who is, you know, like, uh, Raul Thomas hasn't scored yet, like, I actually saw that they actually have, you know, uh, a couple of goal scorers in the team. And what's actually interesting to me is that, actually, they've scored seven goals from, like, 25 from, like, 25 shots, which equate to, like, you know, roughly, like, three chances, like, every one, three chances a goal. Yeah. And you would be surprised. Do you know how many shots on average Real Madrid lets in a game? Let's in a game. Oh, that's going to be interesting. Um, I'm going to three, say three shots. Seven. Oh, just three? No. Yeah. So basically, like, we let in three shots and they need three shots to score one goal. <laughs> oh. <laughs> how convenient. So that, exactly, that's just it. How convenient. Actually, looking at that was, you know, a, a kind of, it brought a kind of laughter, you know, like, oh, how convenient exactly. Like, you know, we let in three shots. But interestingly, like, I mean, one thing we have to, you know, credit for, like, we always have been shifting our defence. But interestingly, this season, we have the best defence in the league. So, you know, credit to both the goalkeeper. Yeah, that's slowly flown under the radar. It's just that. Um, exactly. Yeah. Actually, the thing is that because I think uh, we let in a lot of chances, or rather, like, opposition create a lot of chances. And, you know, like, Rudiger is able to, you know, either with that, you know, crazy hop of this, try to, you know, uh, take something out or we've also had really really good saves from you know Kepa like whatever you want to say about him but he's had really really good saves you know uh, in a couple of matches so I think that's why the numbers don't you know show that much but honestly like uh, we do concede the chances but then like someone makes a recovery tackle a last ditch effort you know a save or something like this so uh, that's how you know it's, it's, it's just working so far. Yeah to sum it up it, it's, it isn't always pretty but we have got the job done so far. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so you mentioned Raul Thomas. He hasn't scored up front. Uh, but uh, they do have other strikers as well. Uh, so one of their key uh, weapons laid down in games is Debe off the, pit, off the bench. So he's just this big striker who can shoot from outside the box, get those headers in. Uh, he's actually gotten them, I think, three winners from watching the highlights. And that's, oh, that is wow. just a hidden weapon they have when, you know, Raul De Thomas just doesn't work. Oh, that's, that's great. So they have, they have the clutchness then. They have this, you know, group of clutch players who come off. That's interesting. Actually, Bebe was a former Manchester United player. I remember when I was younger. You know, he was one of those Portuguese players that, you know, uh, uh, what's he called? So Alex brought on, you know, after finding Cristiano and Nani. And then, you know, mm-hmm. they went on for Bebe as well, you know, hoping for he's going to be the next big team. And I think he scored on his on his debut. Or like, I, I remember, I think he scored a, an important goal. Either it was a winning goal or something like that in the title season or something like that. And after that, you know, it was just downhill for him. I think even he was in Turkey for a while as well while I was there. Yeah, I mean, I remember Bebe was a player that, you know, never realized that potential goal. He's, he's a very, very good, you know, option to call off the bench. And, 
the clutchness, you know, when when it comes to the to the, to the dying embers, I think it's it's something that we definitely have to look out for. And you also mentioned Raul Thomas. I was actually seeing earlier as well. You know, like although he hasn't scored, I think he has four assists in the league or something like that. So you know, that's also something as well. You know, it's it's not just about you know putting the ball in the back of the net. Obviously, that's your primary job as a striker. But you know, also being able to link up with your you know fellow attackers when you know it's not going for you is also really really important and i think that's that's something that we really have to look out for and honestly jacob i think it's one of those you know potential banana skins because you know you're coming off, off of the high of winning the classical you know mm-hmm. there might be a bit of lapse in concentration you know uh, because eventually like these ballers are also all humans when like it's it's normal you know you feel like you're coming home it's like a celebration of winning the you know the classical and something like that so this, you know, this, as you mentioned, this clutchness that they have of the bench is something that we really, really have to be wary of, considering that we ourselves don't score a lot of goals as well. Yeah, it isn't exactly the clutchness too, it's uh, our weakness and their strength, which is, uh, we start very late in the match. We don't, we don't show up for the first 20 minutes, but they do. They have scored a lot of early goals from what I've seen. And that kind of worries me. And do, you do remember the debacle from last season, when we visited them? What was yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I didn't uh, forget. Um, I think that was a way to not at home, like because we've won at home twelve consecutive times. That was a way. Mm. I think it was was it Rayo against yeah. I think it was a way. Yeah, Rayo away was bad. Like we did not have a shot on goal or something similar to that, and we just had no answers. They were just too like way better physically and well prepared for the match. And at that point, you know, uh, yeah. Aliga was. Uh, basically down the train as well so we didn't have too much to fight for yeah that's that's true actually that's true you know so that's that's the thing and you know uh because well then you know going back to what you initially mentioned about they starting fast i actually kind of feel like you know one thing we've seen like except for the game against Atleti is that teams will eventually start fast you know unless you're gonna score three four goals at, at as the way you start like if you're gonna score one goal and then we treat like Real Madrid are going to grow into the game and eventually we are going to find a way to score from somewhere. You know, this is how, this literally has been the script every single game of the season except for, you know, uh, the Atletico Madrid game. So that's the thing, you know, I feel like if they're going to start, that's why I mentioned that clutchness because I feel like if they start the first 15, 20 minutes, it's cool. Like we're going to, you know, eventually get into rhythm and our quality is going to shine through, you know. But the, my problem is if they, you know, start to, get into the game you know towards the end like i mean it's going to be a one one zero two zero kind of game you know and you score one in the 79th 85th minute you know it's just two one all of a sudden you know it stands you know you throw in a cross here and there anything can happen you know that's that's the thing so i feel like you know starting very early it's, it shouldn't be a problem because this is basically how we do like we grow into games you know like a lot of teams come up onto us really really fast and quick and early in the game but I think we grow into the game, and I think like if you know, uh, Rayo is gonna follow the same pattern. I think it really shouldn't be you know that too much of a big of a deal. It's at the Bernabeu, so I believe you know that 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 twelfth man of the fans is gonna just get us over the line. But that clutchness that you know you pointed through, and uh, you know having weapons of the bench and Bebe, as you mentioned, is a really big person, and this is something that we know that is our weakness. You know, it's especially our goalkeeper's weakness, our defender's weakness. You know, the ability you know that to deal with aerial balls and like thereof. So. It is going to be really, really interesting to see how it pans out. Yeah, Hassan was saying the same thing. So he said, "Big striker, that's good at, at us with Alaba trying to defend." Good lord. Yeah, I mean that's just the thing. Like as you know, you mentioned earlier. Okay, what happened? Well, my power just went out. Um... 
hopefully he'll be back soon um okay 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 but then what about the wi-fi does it um yeah i do have a power backup for the wi-fi it's my pc that's the worry it might run out in like 10 minutes but yeah hopefully power will be back in like 10 minutes come on and what do you have no battery on it or what Man, that, um, I have a gaming PC, okay? It has an RTX 3060 oh, Ti. Oh, 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 and... oh, sorry, my bad, my bad, my <laughs> bad, my bad, man. I thought it was on your Mac, man, honestly, sorry, my bad. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I could actually switch to my Mac uh, if, in case, you know, power goes out. But then the problem is I forgot to charge my Mac as well. fucking <laughs> 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 Anyways, uh, let's not waste time. Um, you know, yeah, you know. yeah, 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 yeah. That's the thing, you know. Like uh, we, 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 I, we're talking about Hassan's comment about you know the team with uh, uh, Alava defending against Bevy. But I think, come on, like I mean, our guys, as we mentioned earlier, like you know, either by hook or crook, they have you know stood up to the at least the things they've seen. I mean, the only game we could complain about is that let's come on, game but other than that, like they've stood up to everything that's come across, you know, that's been put to them. And as we mentioned, we basically have the best defense in the league, so. Yeah, it might not be beautiful all the time, but they do. They try to do what they can do, and these deficiencies are not something new. Even when we won the, you know, the UCL, like that deficiency was there as also. It's 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 you know, it's 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 fair game, and I, I I do think that you know we they can get something done. It's I always mention it's you know the defense is about collectiveness. If we cannot defend as a collective, then there is no point. Even if you have the tallest man alive, like still it's it's still not gonna work. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, I mean. Just before we go to the real side of things, I do want to mention like we have to touch upon this, right? Uh, so we've lost Chowmany, and then eventually that means that we're going to have Kamavinga play in the center of the park. And we have finally uh, probably a start for Fran Garcia. And on the opposite side, attacking on their right wing is Izzy Palazon. So if you remember from last season's game, he was one of the standout players. He, You could j- yeah. just never get the ball out of him, and he's their main playmaker. He cuts inside. He can shoot really well as well. So that really worries me, especially with Fran Garcia playing after a long time. Yeah, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think even Palazon has to go to assist this season as also, you know, is is something that, you know, uh, and uh, he is looking really, really, you know, dangerous. Even last year, like he was really, really dangerous. And I think he's going to be one of the main danger men of, you know, of Ryu in this game as well. But yeah, that's the thing, like, you know, Mendy being out, you know, Tramini being out, like how do you line up is really, really crucial to that. And, uh, one thing we've seen with Frank Garcia is that he's not, you know, the best understander of, you know, that defensive spaces that is there in, you know, a very tricky winger like uh, Palazon can, you know, really, really take advantage of that. And considering that, you know, they used to train together just a couple of months back, you know, it, they both know each other in and out. And one thing we know is that, you know, Greg Garcia is not yet comfortable with the system that we have or the system that we don't have rather, you know. So it's, 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 it's for him, it's, it's totally new territory. So like, you know, Palazon is going to be able to exploit that. Hopefully we hope that, you know, uh, depending on who plays, you know, maybe Kamavinga or Tony Cruz will be able to, you know, provide him a bit of backup, you know, in, in that position. And hopefully the centre-backs also can just, you know, come over and try to cover for the gaps. But yeah, I mean, I, that, that will be a very, very, you know, interesting matchup. And I think it's going to be a position of worry for me going towards the game. Yeah, definitely. That's going to be the flank to watch out for. Um, on the other flank, uh, they do have, uh, so they replaced Fran Garcia with uh, Alfonso Espino, uh, who was from Cadiz, if you remember, from last season. And he isn't someone who really steps out from defense. He absolutely, you know, uh, is an out-and-out defender, doesn't attack too much. 
So I feel like if he has support from his teammates, he can, you know, really shut down this out of form Vini. Yeah, that's that's the thing, you know, and because also our system is a bit, you know, weirded out, you know, so it's going to be quite interesting to see how that matchup goes because eventually it's not going to be a direct 1v1 matchup because like Vini is more of an inside forward, like plays as an inside forward rather than, you know, uh, out and out finger. So it's not going to be exactly a matchup. So it's going to be like he's trying to expose, you know, the space between the center back and the, and the, and the full back. So it's going to be really interesting to see that. But yeah, like one thing we know is that, you know, if Vini can get himself, you know, uh, interested in the game and, you know, forget about the antics and what's happening off of the pitch, you know, I, I mean, I will bet my money with, you know, put my money on Vini against any any other defender. So I think being think that the games are the Bernabeu, I believe that, you know, Vini is going to have, you know, not an easy time, but Vini should be able, you know, to get to come out on top in that matchup. Yep, hopefully. And I guess uh, Hassan has a comment, uh, which is a good uh, intro into, you know, previewing our lineup. So he says, are you sure... Uh, about seeing uh, that uh, what he, he he's saying that he's seeing news that Cruz is Carlos' number one choice for DM and Kama is his first choice as left back as long as Mendy is not fit or in form. Would that surprise you? Wow. Uh, oh, okay. Now, praise the Lord, we have electricity back. <laughs> yeah, I'm so relieved. Uh, I, I was pretty sure my battery was going to run out as well. And then, you know, we're going to have to do a really rushed up uh, starting 11. Uh, but yeah, things, things don't uh, work well. So the thing is that when we play the 4 3 I think Cruz as a DM is total suicide, in my opinion. But I think in this new Diamond system, like Cruz as a DM isn't that much bad of an option because I feel like Kamavinga as a DM as well is also not that good of an option. I don't know if that makes any sense. That makes like, a lot Cruz of sense. Cruz is not that bad and Kamavinga is not that good. So because of that, See, like, it's just a free Here's the difference man. between them, uh, what I feel like. Uh, if While we're sitting back, the difference between Cruz and Kamavinga, not that much. But if we are in transition, that's a big, big difference. Hmm. Okay, yeah, that's actually, that's, that's, that's a really, really, you know, key point. That's a key point there. That's the key point. But you know, actually, what I feel is this. I genuinely believe that playing Kamavinga as a left-back and Cruz as a DM is going to work. Okay, it's not going to work work in the way that Chouameni, you know, does what he does. Because I don't think, or anyways, like, that's why Chouameni is, like, one of the irreplaceable players in the team. Because basically, there is no one that can offer what he offers, you know. So it doesn't matter who plays. Either it's Cruz or Kamavinga or whatever, whatever. They're never going to, you know, offer you what, uh, uh, what, uh, Chouameni offers you. But what I think is that, because if you know the, the most, at least for me, the, the thing I enjoy the most about Kamavinga, other than, you know, his ability to, you know, to understand his defensive duties is that that ability to come into the midfield and become an inverted fullback, for me, this is something I enjoy the most. Because that requires in footballing intelligence, honestly. Like, you can just ask a, a random athlete who just runs up and down to, you know, do this. Honestly, like, it requires a bit of footballing intelligence. So I feel like, you know, him stepping up into the midfield is going to provide us like a double pivot kind of thing, you know? It's going to be like, okay, Cruz is doing the job, but you know, when this guy steps in into the, you know, into the midfield as well, he's going to provide extra security, like extra steel for that defensive midfield position. So that's why I kind of feel like if we have Cruz there as a DM and Kamavinga as a left back, I wouldn't be too forced. Yeah, okay, yeah, I mean, it's not the best thing. Yeah, you're not going to go, I don't think you're going to go to Man City and beat them with this kind of system. But I believe, you know, when you play in Alice in La Liga against the Sociedads and the Rayo Valcanos and the Gironas, I think this is a system that can work. 
Fair. I can't believe you actually agreed with Carlo on this one. Uh, but interesting that you point that out because uh, let's take a look at uh, how many games Chomini is missing. He's going to miss the next two months. So I just had a look at the fixture lineup. And then we are going to, the major teams that we're going to play is Valencia, Napoli. I mean, Napoli is, even if he lose, it's not a big deal. They're going to be facing Betis and Villarreal as well. Top games, man. Top games, as you mentioned, like, you know, uh, the Napoli game is basically their drawer. So it's it's gone. And the point is the way Napoli are playing, like, it's they, it's not a team that, you know, frightens you too much. Obviously, there's individual quality there, like anything can happen. But the way they're playing, like, it's not like Napoli of last season, you know, whether they want to admit it or not. But definitely, there's been a huge drop, you know, in the way they play. Like, I mean, significant drop, you know, because when you see them now, like, it's just pity football that they're playing, honestly. Well, anyways, yeah, as you mentioned, like, I think that's that's a dead drawback. The, the games that we will really be worried about, you know, it's the Betis Villarreal game because those are, you know, really, really crunch games. I don't know if it's going to be at home or away, but like, those are really, really, you know, crunch games. And I think Villarreal is away, Betis uh, is home, I think. Hmm, okay. And the game against Valencia is always, always a tricky game for us. Like, it doesn't matter, you know, always fit, always not fit, like the game against Valencia is always. A, I mean, Valencia and Villarreal are really, really two teams that, you know, gives us you know a really really tough time always it doesn't matter you know who, who plays or who doesn't play like even i think even if we're just playing a friendly match with them it's gonna be a tough one you know, it doesn't really matter that's just how the the stuff goes well that you know the good thing about this is that no titles are won in december mm. and i do believe titles are also not lost in december in my opinion i don't think titles are won or lost in december honestly I don't think they are won or lost in December. I do think January is the key time. If you're coming out of January still in contention, I think you can go in contention for a very long period of time. Yeah, I mean, provided that we, you know, don't drop more than five or seven points, we should be good. So that's the thing, like, how many games are... Okay, so the thing is, even if you lose to Valencia, you lose to Villarreal, you lose to, you know, Betis, that's nine points. Nine points, yeah. You know, so that's just been, and like we losing all these three matches, like, come on, that's almost impossible. I don't think that happens, you know, even if we drop points here and there. So I believe that, you know, I think the team is, is going to be enough to, you know, at least stay in contention, you know. Okay, even if we're not at the top, I believe that the team is strong enough to stay in contention, you know. At least we will stay in contention till Chouamani uh, comes back and, you know, we can go back to what we're doing. But I do believe that this team is equipped to, to, to stay at least three, four points, you know. Uh, behind whoever is the leader, but I still, I personally would think like we can still be there, like one point, two point max. But worst case scenario, still three, four points behind whoever the leader is, and then we go back in, you know, in January, and then because January is when I think, if I'm not mistaken, January has a lot of fixtures because you play the Copa del Rey oh, yeah. every midweek, you have a game, and then you just go to, you know, that. The that Super Copa January used to the be Super Copa is Fourteen L shooting, bro. Fourteen L playing nonsense tournaments, man. Anyways, like that's the thing. Like you know, I do believe we're gonna, we're gonna, we, we can hold the fort down. Like our guys can hold the fort down. I like, yeah, I said, like you know, as long as the, because for me the key thing would have been if this was you know February, March, and Chouamini is missing because you go and play these big Champions League matches, and honestly, we have seen you know how important DMs are across you know Europe for the past eighteen months. You know. You want to talk about Trudri or you want to talk about, you know, the purchase of different rights. You want to talk about, you know, how much was paid for Moses Caicedo or, you know, you want to look at Thomas Tuchel's struggle for finding a number six. You know, it's it's all there. We've seen, you know, how important this 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 players are, you know, throughout, throughout Europe as also, 
that's the thing like uh, players like that are really really pre at a, at a premium you know so that's why it's it's really important to have someone who can do this even if Chuamin isn't especially or rather wasn't especially him like I mean at least so far this season like uh, he's the midfielder that I have been impressed with the most at least performing the midfield duties you know that's an, that's an interesting point. He says, uh, since Kamavinga dropped that performance at uh, uh, at uh, Chaumini's position at uh, Anfield last season, he should have been the first choice if Chaumini isn't available. Do you feel like it's a, it isn't exactly a one-to-one switch, but uh, do you think Kamavinga, you know, a solid two months of playing DM can actually help his midfield uh, form? Yeah, definitely. That's the thing. Like, if you remember as well, like when Chouameni came, also he wasn't a specialist. DM. It's just as I mentioned, it's about that repeat. You know, that repeatability. When you repeat it and repeat it, you start to understand what this position demands from you. You know, and obviously that's the great thing about these players is that they are young and they are intelligent players. You know, like they are players that can you know mold themselves into what is required of you know of 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 a certain position. So that's the thing. Like Kamavinga has okay has played there here and there. But it's not like he has continuity there for us to say, okay, yeah, like he's the ideal replacement for this guy. Yeah. Cruz also has played there, here and there as well. That's why, like, you know, they're both, uh, you know, possible. Like, no one is saying Fede Forgotti should be a replacement for this or Jude Bellingham should be a replacement for this, you know? So it's not like, you know, people are just throwing random names out there. You know, like, you're talking about people that actually also have played there and shown that they can do this, you understand? So playing a 4 3 3 with Tony Cruz, I mentioned earlier, that's why everyone is worried about that i even would be worried but now because the system is not a 43 now it's a four you know it's a midfield four it's a diamond and when you look at the people that surround tony cross you know it's 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 fede valverde it's kamavinga it's you know uh jude like it's a lot of athleticism that can try to mask that deficiency that you know that, that tony cross has at least when it comes to mobility you yeah. understand so i feel like that's that's it's, it's going to be uh, a really different you know uh, play from Tony Cruz out with Dan we've seen when it was a 4-3-3, honestly. I mean, provided that it's a smaller team, you know, because we obviously saw what happened against Atletico. He absolutely got bossed. That's exactly, that's why I mentioned to you at the beginning, like, okay, this is going to work. Why I mentioned to you, like, come out left back, cross at, you know, uh, at the six. It's going to work when you play the Rios, you know, even teams like Sociedad, you know, the Atletico Bilbao, it's going to work. But when you go to the Kremlin, they're like, like, you know, Basically, Atletico Madrid just feasted on, you know, exploiting our fullbacks, you know, when you went play, you know, maybe even Barcelona, you know, when you went play the likes of the cities and, you know, these top European teams, obviously it's not going to work, you understand? But the point is, as a makeshift in La Liga, like, if this is not working, then, bro, let's just close the shop and go home. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Tony Cruz and Kamavinga cannot hold the fort down against Valcano, then I'm sorry, like, I mean, we're in the wrong business then. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, just... Continuing on our uh, injury talk, so Mendy's not going to be playing as well. Do you know how long he is out, or is he is it just a nickel that he's not going to be starting against uh, Rayo? I am not honestly sure, but as I was asking you guys earlier, you uh, I think so. He was saying like Mendy's training alone indoors, so at least they're considering that he's training. So it means that you know there is nothing major. So maybe he just needs in a couple of weeks to maybe one, two weeks, you know, to, to, to recuperate and get back into full fitness again. But, you know, he that's the thing. That's the thing about Mendy. You know, I've always said this, like, yeah, Mendy was the best defensive fullback. Okay, he hasn't gotten back there yet, but for him to get back there, he needs to play himself into form and be the best defensive fullback he was. But the thing is, availability is the best ability. When you're not available, then what's the point? We have Mendy, but where is Mendy? He's somewhere in space that we don't know. <laughs> He's at the training facilities always. 
I mean, <laughs> I, I, I said this before and more was like, it's not right to blame a player for being injured. But the point is, you have to look after yourself as a professional. All, yeah, yeah like, when, when this is a consistent pattern, having, like, of course it matters. So, exactly. Yeah. When you keep having muscle injuries every 14 times, bro, I mean, come on, we have to start looking in the mirror as well, man. Come on. There is, you know, availability is the best ability. You are there, but you're not there. Then what's the point of having you? If you remember, this was always a concern. So before, uh, who did we buy Mendy from? Before he joined that team, he had like a serious injury yeah, that he was, yeah, he was seriously sidelined for a year and a half because of his muscle injuries. He just couldn't get into any sort of form. And finally, we thought uh, his injuries were passed and behind him when he finally made it into the French first division. And then we got him. Zizou was his proper, like big proponent and then... Suddenly, yeah, he yeah. has lost it. He has lost his help. That's the thing, like, you know, I honestly, like, I've always said this, like, when it comes to defensive abilities, honestly, I don't think there's a better fullback, you know, at least in my opinion, based on what I have seen from, you know, what Mendy offers. But the point is, he's been injured and out, out of form for the best part of the last 18 months, man. Like, I mean, yeah, okay, we won the league, we won the Champions League, and he was so important and crucial, all fine and good. Like, I can all agree to that, but I mean, we live in the present, not in the past, man. Yeah. If I mean, if we live in the past, the likes of Ramos and Cristiano's and the Zidane's will still be playing till today, man. I think it especially holds true for this formation. Like we just can't afford to have just a, uh, you know, an average fullback. We need productivity from these fullbacks, uh, both in defense and in attack, to make this diamond work. Definitely, man. That's the thing. Like you know, that's really, really important. Like the fullbacks, because right now you don't have any, you know. Uh, outlets because you don't have any wingers on the team. So like those fullbacks basically are gonna play the roles of wingbacks. So that's that's why we see Carvajal flying. You know, like he has the freedom like to roam the whole wing, you know, and do his and do his thing. You know, and luckily for us, you know, he he's at least as close to cramp, prime Carvajal as we can get the minus thirty-three. So it's it's okay. But I mean, we can see on the other side like there is basically nothing. Not until and unless Kamavinga plays, do you actually see you know something clicking with this team. You know, but. That's the thing, like, it's, 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 you know, people will be like, oh, but, you know, you're clowning on this. And I think we've had that discussion with Smith a lot of time as well, like, you know, about the fact that, but, you know, we have very short memories and, you know, you're saying, yeah, fine and good. Okay, yeah, this is this, but, like, the man is not even there to play. Okay, let's put him in the team. Yeah, but where is he? Yeah, the argument is always, like, if Mendy is truly fit and ready in form, uh, there's no other fullback like him, but then he just can't get himself there. Unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah. we need to get in the market, man. And I, I'm hearing, you know, rumors about Fonzie, man. I am totally 100%. Even though I know Alfonso Davies also has his, you know, his defensive deficiencies. But, man, I am totally in that, in that, on that, man. Honestly, like, let's get Fonzie in and, you know, we can reminisce again the good old days that we have with Marcelo and Cointrao, man. At various moments in the classical, you know, uh, I just wish, you know, Kamavinga was happy playing at left back, too. Uh, Although he has <laughs> said on multiple occasions that he isn't, because he just is so stylistically close to Marcelo as well, uh, when his, with his uh, rainbows and uh, spin arounds, the way he holds the ball. I think honestly, like uh, I don't think they will, you know, convert Kamavinga to a, to a, to a fullback. But I think like you know, one the thing about Kamavinga is that you know. When you watch him play football, you can understand his footballing intelligence. Because, you know, sometimes it's so difficult, you know, because of the way he plays, you kind of mistake him for just, you know, one of those athletic midfielders that just, you know, take the ball and run and run and run, you know. 
something like that. But honestly, like he's a very, very, you know, like uh, he has a really high footballing intelligence as also. That's the thing, like, you know, having that allows you to be able to, you know, perform across multiple roles. But yeah, I mean, the man doesn't see himself as a fullback and also I don't see him as a fullback. But the point is right now, I think he's the best left back we have in the team. So, yeah. Right. Uh, before we head into the lineups, I guess we just have one more topic, uh, which is... I'll, I saved the last for the league. I mean, but it's not the least. It's Arda Gullit, <laughs> So he's going to come on. Is he going to feature for do you think? Uh, yeah, I think Arda, I mean, it's a home game. So I think Arda can look like, you know, 5, 10 minutes, 15 minutes here and there, you know, just because the thing is already, you know, the midfield is depleted. So he can, you know, I don't know how, how fit Dan Sabayos is as well, but I think I was reading as well that Dan Sabayos is not going to be uh, featuring in the match. Pretty sure. It's not gonna be yeah. okay. Yeah, so that's the thing, like you know. Been, been yeah, so I'm okay. Because I, I heard like he was supposed to return in November, but when in November, I don't know exactly. But anyways, it's November already. So I think you know with Arda, like you know, uh, five ten minutes because we know like even since before the Glasgow, he's been you know fit and training with the guys, but just you know to get him fully into the match fitness and stuff like that. So I think you know getting Arda in for five ten fifteen minutes, you know, at the Bernabeu is really gonna be something really, really nice. Especially you know as I mentioned, like the midfield is depleted, so already you're gonna play the maximum number of midfielders you have already on the pitch. So you know when it comes to a late sub, I think especially if let's say we're winning, you know, and that there is no tension you know, uh, attached to the match. No drama. I think it's it's the perfect you know debut for Arda. Exactly. If you're leading, uh, this is one thing I wanted to talk about. Is that Jude Bellingham has not been getting any sort of rest at all. He's been playing ninety after ninety, and at one point he has to have a rest. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's gonna rest. Well, I mean, this is these are the games you wanna play, man. Like, man, it's man, it's the minutes man to to build himself into form. Like, these are the games you wanna play. Like, uh, they're gonna get rests, you know when. When 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 we play the garbage Champions League games, when we play the you know, hopefully if we can you know win next week. I believe we should be true to the round of sixteen, and you know the last two games are gonna be garbage, and then you know also comes the uh, early rounds of the cups as also. Well. The thing is, we just we just have to push ourselves, you know, to be at to be in contention when you know when, when those time for rest comes. Because the point is, if you start to trail in the league right now, or start to you know lose UCL matches, then everything starts to become a do or die affair. There is much more pressure there. So I believe that, you know, right now with the form Bellingham is in, I don't even think he wants to rest as well because he knows for sure this is a purple patch that's going to, you know, evaporate sometimes. So the point is just have to aim and maximize before the evaporation time comes. Exactly. Okay. Um, so if Bellingham is going to uh, like play 90 after 90 and let's say Rodrigo comes off or Vini comes off, do you think Brahim is going to come on or Ada Gular? Because recently, uh, I feel like Brahim Diaz has really lost his spot. He isn't even coming on as a sub. Yeah, I, I think the point is like, you know, maybe you don't want to play. Uh, okay, let's say, well, I think putting on Brahim for this, I think uh, Jose for Rodrigo will make more sense. Maybe Brahim for, for Vini at a later point in time. But I think most likely, you know, in that sense, then maybe like, you know, giving Jude an 18 minute run or 75 minute run out would be logical as well, you know, if that's, mm-hmm. if that, if that's the case. Uh, but the point is that I mentioned earlier, like, you know, all our games have been dramatic, you know, at least most of our games have involved a lot of drama. So, and you need the most informed attacker that you have in right now, it's Jude. So you don't want to take him out in that crunch moment, you know, honestly, that's just the thing as also when, you know, because ideally it would have been, you know, to remove him and play Brahim in the hole, that might be, you know, that might be suitable for Brahim as well. But 
Brahim as a nine or as a false nine, you know, it doesn't fit too much. Yeah. You know, so that's 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 one of the things. So uh, that's why, he, yeah, he's falling down the pecking order. But again, injury to Tromini, I think, opens at least one more spot on the team. So I think maybe, I don't know, let's see if Brian can take that or if he gets unlucky and, you know, Arja comes in passing in the pecking order as well. That's, that would be quite sad. And let's not forget about the return of Ceballos as well, because at least for me, in my opinion, Danny Ceballos is for sure ahead of, you know, Brian Diaz when it comes to the pecking order as well. So that's quite interesting to see how, how, how it works. But again, it's about the issue that the role that in this, at least in this formation, I think the role that suits Brian is being played by the most informed attacker in the world, like Jude is scoring left, right, center. No one is going to take out and put Brian. You know, yeah. this is just the unfortunate part of it. Yeah, especially when we uh, can never finish a game before like the 90th minute or 95th minute or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, I mean, let's head into the lineups then. Uh, we've been talking about the lineups all this while, but yeah, let's let's put some numbers and names into it. Question though, like, do you think uh, Carlo goes switch spot to a four three three, given the fact that we've lost the midfielder? Never, man. No, no. I think the diamond is here to stay as long as Jordan's you know, playing. I mean, it makes sense. Like, uh, why would you put him back uh, farther away, farther away from the goal when he's in this red hot form? Or maybe like Jude needs to have like a series of stinkers of games for him to get dropped, and then maybe we go to a four three three. But as long as Jude is a primary goal getter, I don't think it's happening. Yeah, actually, I think the point is that like the, the way Jude has played himself into stuff like now, I think now he's basically undroppable. Like he's, he's not gonna get dropped. Like even he has stinkers of three games in a row, I don't think he's gonna get dropped. So I think that's that's the thing right now. So. <clears throat> But I don't think, uh, what I actually was trying to say is that because, you know, when you when the specialist DM is no longer there, I'm saying specialist, but also Trumman is actually not a specialist DM. Anyways, when in you're Carlos' eyes, no everyone is a specialist. Uh, if both of those guys are out, <laughs> if Cruz and this guy is out, I feel like Mortis is going to play that and Carlos is going to think he's a specialist. <laughs> actually, what I was thinking, you know, like, if you go, if you switch, what do you, I don't know if you, what about you think about this, like, well, if you switch to 4-3-3, you know, yeah, you have a flat, a flat team, it's those of, uh, Kamavinga, Jude, and, you know, Valvardi, like, I think that's going to be quite an interesting midfield to look out for, you know. That's going to be then, quite a midfield. Exactly. That's, that, that was what actually I was thinking, but then again, yeah, as you mentioned, I think that will never happen. That's just going to be something that will remain in fantasy, and, you know, for those who play FIFA, you can also just, you know, <laughs> try it out there to at least, you know, is your pain, you know, yeah. but that, that's the thing, because in that case, then you can play Rodrigo out wide, Vinicius out wide, and Hosea through, through the middle, you know, it kind of brings back that familiarity to also to the attackers as well but yeah i think you totally hit the nail on the head like as long as jude is here like there is nothing else that's gonna happen other than diamond everyone will you know get injured and whatever will happen but the diamond will stay even if let's say even Valverde, god forbid or cruz both of them are injured they're still gonna play the diamond <laughs> yep. they somehow managed yep. to find out of nowhere but yeah uh so let's start with the attack then obviously like you know, in past weeks, we wanted Hosele to start so much. He still hasn't started in so long. Do you think he actually gets a start at Rio or at home? Not a chance, right? I think considering how bad of a game Rodrigo had, I think he starts. Bro, I think Carlo actually said, like, Carlo didn't say that Rodrigo had a decent game, but then... Like yeah, he... yeah, I think he said something like that. Oh, I did. think he said Rodrigo had a decent game. Yeah, something like that. 
Yeah, and then I even Rodrigo uh, in the post-match comments was somewhere in the interview was like, uh, I think when he he actually got renewed, uh, so he said, uh, I want to thank Carlo Ancelotti for his continued belief in me. And that's the thing with Carlo Ancelotti, right? It's like, it's a trust-based system. It's not a merit, uh, it's not a form-based system. So even if you play shit, uh, if you have, if you Carlo knows that you have the ceiling, he's still going to play you. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, but the point is, you know, about 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 that is that yeah, okay, he got renewed. It's great, like perfect, fantastic, you know. But again, I still maintain my sentences. You know, I do think I I expected him to have a very good year this year. I thought I thought he was going to be a breakout star, and I actually thought he was going to be you know the most improved player this year. Honestly, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Hopefully, he still can refine his form. And so I thought he was going to move to the next level. But I do think difficult discussions have to be had about Rodrigo either the end of this year. Or the end of next year uh, you're the ideal candidate to ask because uh, i was looking over the comments i saw his uh renewal post uh, for, uh posted by real madrid and then all of the comments said like we shouldn't have renewed him for until 2028 that's a long time and uh, given his current form and then the players that we're looking to bring he might not be necessary uh until 2028 i mean it's it's not about being necessary or like there of like 2028 is good because why like it gives you as an asset it's monetary value like you have a play till 2028 where you want to sell him obviously it gives more value to, to 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 you know to your player it's not just about that it's about the fact that you're looking to pay a lot of money for Kylian Mbappe are you going to bring Kylian Mbappe into the team and ask him oh you're going to play second fiddle to Rodrigo <laughs> I mean Vinicius for sure everyone knows like he's untouchable yeah, I mean, as as much as people want to talk about Julian, anything, whatever you want to say, Vini is the Real Madrid right now. He's the face of Real Madrid. Yeah, okay, Julian is English, so it's easy for the media to hype him and all that bullshit. But Vini is the face of Real Madrid. You know, this is just the truth. You know, so like Vini is untouchable. And honest to God, I'm not lying. Like I love Kylian Mbappe to beats for bro. You give me Vini, you give me Kylian. I think Vini hundred percent. I'm not saying Kylian is better than Vini or Vini is better than Kylian. No. I know Mbappé is better than Vini. I 100% agree with that. But at least for my own personal choice, I will take this guy 100 If this is the two options, I will take Vini. Yeah, but the point I, I'm trying to make here is that... I think every Real Madrid fan would, man, uh, to see what Vini has done, especially in like bigger games. He always shows up. He's not like Mbappé exactly. sometimes. Exactly. Uh, if the team exactly. does, Even if the team doesn't do well, Vini does well. But Mbappé, I'm not so sure. And I think one thing about Vini also is that, you know, I don't know, if I, at least for me, what I feel is that you kind of feel an emotional attachment to him yeah. in the sense that, you know, we came and we saw, you know, how ridiculously shit he was, you know, literally like he was, I would just use this metaphor, like he was kicking penalties to throw wins. <laughs> That's yeah. how bad his finishing was. Yeah. You know, like he was making the impossible. Possible. It wasn't like, just finishes, even passes. He couldn't pass for shit. That's it, like his decision was shit, you know, and then you see how he makes that next step, you know, and how emotional he was about that, you know, like it kind of, because you watch that, so like it gives you that, you know, kind of attachment to him, like, okay, this guy is doing this for our team and he has struggled and, you know, he tried himself, he pushed, you know, I mean, I remember like Vini came and he was looking like me, like a lanky figure, man, and then now the man has six packs, muscle everywhere, come on, like, I mean, so, you know, you can feel that, you know. Wait, Farouk, are you saying you don't have six packs? I don't believe you. Man, we should ask the ladies in Milan, they would know. What what I have is three and a half packs in at least compared to what Vini has. (laughs) 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 Yeah, man. Anyways, you know, back to that, I do feel like, you know, difficult discussions have to be had about Rodrigo. I don't know what it's going to be or how it's going to end. I am happy he got the contract extension. I really do hope that he gets his shit back together this season because I expected a lot from him this year. 
But I do think these core discussions are going to be had about where we go. Honestly, that's just the thing, whether we like it or not, because the people that are, that the club is looking to bring in definitely either Rodrigo accepts to be the impact sub or he moves on, because there is no third option there. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I what do you think will happen option. though? Like just judging from what you've seen from Rodrigo as a person so far, do you think he'll be happy with the sub role? I think Rodrigo will stay to fight for one year, and after that, he will be like, "Nah, fuck shit, I'm doing that." Because one thing we know is that if the team contains Vini, Kylian Mbappe, inshallah, and Bellingham, these are the three faces of the club. So basically what's going to happen is like it's just going to be a core like Bale and Cristiano that you cannot do shit with them. Yeah. You cannot do shit with them. You know, you know like, so that's the thing, like, mm-hmm. if these are the three forwards, then what is Rodrigo doing? As I mentioned, he's just going to have to be the sub. The impact of like, does a player as talented and skillful as Rodrigo want to be a sub? This is the question. That's why I say this difficult discussions have to be asked about him. Yeah, for me as a fan, I definitely want him to be there. But then as we saw with Isco and James, Rodrigo's, uh, James Rodriguez in the past, even Alvaro Morata in the past, you know, Nobody it wasn't you. enough for them. Nobody said it replaceable, yeah. So that's the thing, you know, like, and the point is like, you know, not everyone is a Lucas Vasquez or a Nacho, you know, the point is like, these are like really, really, really talented players, you know, these are players that will go on to become world-class talent. I mean, this is what we expect of Rodrigo, you know, like, he's not going to feel like, yeah, I want to sit on the bench at Real Madrid, no. Yeah, it's the best club in the world and all this nonsense, but he doesn't want to come and sit on the bench as well. Mm. Yep. No, the only thing in Rodrigo's favor is that maybe next season we are not going to play a diamond again. Uh, if if we get a new coach, right? Yeah, definitely. So that's going to be in the same. If we get if we get a new coach, but that's the thing. Like it also, man. I do I I do I do have very very strong opinions about that still as well because I feel like there's still going to be something missing because Mm. I feel the whole issue with Kylian Mbappe and the bullshit that he has been pulling with Paris is oh I don't have a pivot. You need to give me a pivot. I'm playing with Giroud in France and this and that. So who's going to be the pivot? Rodrigo. I don't think so. They literally bought two players, Colomwan and. Wait, you know, uh, how's that working out for PSG player. so far? Uh, are they doing well in the league at least? They also they, they keep playing hero ball, man. Like that's what they keep doing. Like Kylian Mbappe scores or Colomwan, he does his magic to the other, other you know, Lee Kang In or Zaire and Williams. You know, those guys just keep taking turns to you know, doing magic. But then yeah, it's still the shitty league one. You know what I'm talking about? So it's just all all shit. Right. Well, yeah, I do. I, I still feel like even if we get a new coach, we're gonna get Kylian Mbappe, and we're still gonna look forward to getting another attacker into the team. Uh, when I mean attacker, I mean a striker. I don't know, but you're not gonna be happy with Jose. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine having a front three of Jose, Lu, Vinicius, and Mbappe. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, we've 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 talked a lot of nonsense. Let's get back to you know oh, to, yeah. our, to our to our stuff. Sadly, so, yes. yeah, but yeah, man, he, he, he signed in 28. Oh, I think Vini also signed in 27. Valverde so uh, and Kamalinga are incoming anytime. Perfect. I mean, that's the thing. I think it shows that, you know, at least our future is secured, at least for now, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, you know, with more things to come from this, you know, very, very talented players. Hopefully, you know, we can win something. Hopefully, one day the travel. Hopefully, one day. One day. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Yeah, man. So I, I think you know, 
Vini starts in the forward line, I think, in my opinion, Hosino should start, you know, ahead of Rodrigo because Rodrigo's just been having a stink stinkers upon stinkers, honestly. And I think, you know, taking him out of the starting lineup would be the best, in my opinion. But at home, I don't think that's like the right way to go. Uh, that would send like a message. Yeah, man. I mean, let him come in as an impact. So, like, obviously, the whole point is to send the message. I mean, it's a wake up mm. call. That's, that's the true. whole point. Yeah, I, I think every single Real Madrid fan would agree. Uh, Rodrigo needs to sit on the bench and come off, get gain back his confidence as a sub, make sure you know he doesn't get too comfortable. That's the thing, man. Everyone will agree except the one person that actually has to agree. That's the only person who would not agree, and then everything else is fucking bullshit, bro. <laughs> I mean, all 7 billion people in the world can agree. If Carlo doesn't agree, then it's all bullshit, man. There is no democracy in this. <laughs> That's true. All right, man. There's no point in arguing. Like, we know who's going to start uh, as exactly. forwards. So, exactly. let's, let's go to the midfield. Interesting. Obviously, Jude, Valverde going to be playing Cruz as well. Considering that, you know, we exactly. have a very close game against Praha and then possibly Modric might be needed to come in in that game. So that's the thing, actually, you know, for this game, like, Mendy is out. We talked about, I think, three players for sure are shooting, as you mentioned, you know, Fede, Cross, and Jude. Three, for sure, they start. Like, who is the fourth player, you know? Mm. This is the question now. And that also relies on, I think that relates to closely to who starts at left back. Yeah. I, I feel like so every think, single lineup of us, we can judge on, like, two uh, two schools of thought. One is, like, the Van Wonky and Salotti mentality and then one is like a rational <laughs> behavior so rationally if you look at it if you ask me we should start fran and then have a kamavinga at dm like that's what okay. a normal guy would do what's your take actually i will say i'm at the i'm the abnormal guy here and fine <laughs> i will you know be in carlos court here you know oh okay. start kama start kama as a you know as a d as, as a left back sorry and then you know play Fucking hell, play Modric. Cruz as DM. That's exactly, that's what I was going to say. The Cruz as DM with Modric playing, I don't think that's the best. Mm. You know, yeah, that's the best way to go. That's not the best way. I feel like that's not enough legs in that, like like we say. Nah, 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 that's that's not the best way to go in my opinion, man. I don't think so. I totally agree with you, man. I agree with you. I think in that case, yeah, we can go with, you know, Fran as left back and uh, play, you know, come up in Gaza DM and just, you know, leave close where close hasn't playing. You know, uh, yeah, the only positive of Chamini's sub, uh, I mean, injury is that if Fran Garcia can actually start most of the games these next two months and if he builds himself into uh, like a good set of form, like we have someone we can take into the Champions League as an entertainer, like and potentially, you know, play Kamavinga somewhere else. Yeah, that's true, but the thing now becomes is, you know, it's, it's, it's about also. <clears throat> If Fran has two stinkers in a row, do you think he starts the third game? Definitely not. Like, no. You know, not with Carlo. It's just, exactly. Nacho is going to play, someone else is going to play, whoever, you know, someone is going to play. So that's the thing. Like, also, let's not forget about, you know, natural possibility as a left back as well. So, mm. so this is the thing, you know, like, so, so I don't think, you know, that sport is out and out there for, you know, Fran's taking. You know, it's just, okay, he's an option, but he's not the option. He's an option. That, oh, man. You hit the nail on the head. <laughs> now that you've said it, I actually think Nacho's going to start against Rayo. 
so that's the thing. Like I, 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 you know, that's why I brought his name up. Honestly, like you know, but I think Fram we want to play against his old team, but then it's not a homecoming because you know it's at the Bernabeu and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, but uh, let's you know, let's just you know, round up our midfield and just agree on the fact that okay, we put Kama at the six, and then you know the other three as they've been playing all Definitely. season. Definitely, we have no. Option. And then we can go to the to the defense and see like okay. Uh, how do you deal with David Alaba then? Like, do you start Alaba or like, do you give him a rest and play natural and then based on that we can decide on the fullback as well? Uh, I'm gonna give most of the rest like in the Braha game. Like, whatever you want, whoever you want to rest, they're gonna get a rest in the Braha game. This game, we gotta win. But then the point is like, you want to close out against Braha as well. Like, you want to close everything because you win against, you win at the Bernabeu on, on Wednesday, you're true. Champions League chapter is closed until February again. That's true. I mean, you know, so we can always bring players on when, when, you know, if the going gets tough, if we aren't able to score. It is a home game. I, I don't think Braha has, has a really good record. Away yeah, from. but then you're right again as well, man. Like, if those guys cannot deal with Braha, like, I mean, we should again <laughs> what are we doing? shop and go home. <laughs> yes. Exactly. We're in the wrong business then. <laughs> with all due respect, you know, to the Portuguese club with a fantastic stadium. Actually, after you told me about the stadium, man, it's, it's a really, really nice one, yeah. honestly. Uh, if if one gets the chance, I think it's one of the places one should definitely visit. Like at least for the architectural, you know, for the engineering masterclass, you know, even if not for a game, you know, just for that, it's 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 it's, it's fantastic. Exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, so in that case, then you know, we just play everyone. You know, we play Alaba, and then we play obviously, you know, our master defender this year, Rudy. the Lord Tony Rudiger. Yeah, and. Dan Carvajal, hopefully he gets a rest in the middle of the week with Lucas Vasquez. But I don't know, I kind of feel like the trust in Vasquez has decreased a lot. Because I kind of feel like he's not even getting those drawn-outs that normally you would get. But when, what, when was he last played? Against Sociedad? If I remember correctly. I think it's, it's been, a, it's been a, I think even the Champions League games he hasn't played. You know, because no, I feel no, like, hasn't. you know, going to Portugal against, you know, Sporting Braha, maybe, you know, like, he's going to get a chance there. But nah, nothing, man. I think maybe the confidence in him has dropped a lot. I don't know. Maybe, or maybe it's know. just that Kamahal is just too undroppable at this point. I know, definitely. But the point is, uh, we've always talked about this, you know, Carval is always, you know, a touch-and-go kind of player. And right now, the way he's playing, you know, the, the, the gap is going to be so huge when Lucas Vasquez eventually has to replace him, you know, for some games. Like, it's going to be so fucking huge, bro. You know the uh, funny part? Uh, me, I remember me and Sunet, we were watching along for the preseason. And then Lucas Vasquez looked really good in the diamond uh, when compared to Carvajal. Carvajal wasn't really in form in the preseason, but Lucas Vasquez had it. He was combining well with Brahim and Joselu. Yeah, man. I mean, that's the thing, like, you know, because Vasquez was, a, was an out-and-out winger. So, you know, like, when you, when you give that freedom, because basically there is no winger, he has to, you know, patrol the whole pitch himself, you know. That's the thing, and whether we like it or not, you know, but... Lucas Vasquez on his day, he's won a very, very good crosser of the ball, you know. He, yeah. the, his deliveries are really on point, especially when you have a target man to cross the ball to. But then when you're playing a small ball and there is no target man in the form of a serial there, like, who are you crossing to then? This is also another issue, you know. That's true. <laughs> yeah, obviously, man, like, I think Carvajal's still going to start these uh, guys at the centre-back. There's not going to be any change. Left-back. Yeah. Do you think Nacho gets a chance? Yeah, I think uh, I actually will go with Fran. I think because Nacho will play in the middle of the week as a centre-back. I think Fran will should, should get the chance, should get the nod. So basically we're looking at, 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 you know, at the back four of Fran, Alaba, 
Tony Rudiger and Dani Carvalho. I agree. And you know what? Like, I really want Fran to succeed as well. So if any game time that he gets, like, it's a win for me. And I hope he plays a lot in these two months. That's the thing, man. Like, Fran actually, as I said, like, he's coming to an anomaly of a system, like, where everyone doesn't know what they have to do, you know. So it's very difficult for him, honestly, because, like, you know, we have, we all loved him, you know, at, at least, you know, coming into the team, you know, not as the first option, but, you know, as an option that maybe one day will challenge to be the first option, you know. But it's just unfortunate that, you know, like, he has to come into a team that doesn't have any balance and, you know, any kind of uh, instruction to play. So it's just, it's a bit difficult, but hopefully he will get there. If not, like, he's trying his best and, you know, he can just move on. Absolutely. And, of course, we have Kappa and Gore. The Lord and Savior Kepa. Yeah. We like that's to joke, but you know, like, he's people... actually saved us a few times this season. Exactly. Exactly. That's like, you know, we can be as ridiculous and ridicule him as much as we want, but man, man is getting the job done. That's yeah. just the thing. You know, man is getting the job done. All right. Uh, let's go to the predictions. Uh, let's do two predictions. The first is obviously the scoreline. The other one is, is Arda Gola going to feature at any point? Yeah, man, I think, uh, as we mentioned, you know, before, like, you know, Goulart coming in, if we have the game in the back, you know, for the last 10, 15, 20, last 10, 15 minutes, you know, not 20, last 10, 15 minutes, at least, you know, just to have an easy introduction into the into, you know, into the first team football. So I think that would be perfect. But yeah, man, uh, yeah, other than Arda, I think uh, this should also be quite an interesting win. I think, you know, they're going to have their three shots and one goal, and we're going to have two goals as also we're going to eventually win 2-1. Who's going to get the goals? No, actually, I would say for them, RDT, because it's customary for RDT to score. But then for us, I think we're going to have, you know, Jude again doing what he does. Two from Jude again? No winning? Uh, not two for Jude, but like one from Jude, and I don't know who will score the other. Maybe Shady this time around. We don't know. Yeah. That's like a, that's like probably the best prediction to go with. Uh, because it's at home, and I feel like Rayo's defense is there for the taking if we do, you know, manage to yeah. get some good plays in. I feel like we're going to get a 3-1. They're obviously going to score, and it's probably going to be RDT with his history with us. But yeah. And I actually think uh, Guler is going to feature for at least 20 minutes. Let's see. Mm, okay. If okay. we are winning. Sure. Hopefully, man. Yeah. Hopefully, he can, he, can, he can get his stuff done and, you know, impress us a bit. All right. Um, let me see if we have any other comments. Yeah. Sunil is also saying that he's super uh, excited about Guler's debut. And he also asked Farouk, it's a question for you. Farouk had doubts if Jude is going to sustain the goals. Do you still doubt it, Farouk? And then he said, uh, but now here you are predicting a Jude goal. Yeah, of course. The thing is, like, Jude is not, as I mentioned before, he's just going to score 50 goals in 50 matches. No, but the man is coming in in red hot form, so he's going to score. That's just the thing. Mm. He's still on that purple patch. You have to even maximize that. But obviously, even Jude knows he cannot sustain the goal scoring form. I don't think there is any other person in the world that actually thinks he can sustain the goal scoring form. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Sunet here might think he is going to sustain. Not a goal a goal a game, but then uh, maybe a goal every other game. I think that's doable if we keep the current system. A goal every other game, bro. Like that's You're going into even the territory of the Ruth Van Nistelrooy's, bro. 
yeah. before Messi and Cristiano came along, like a goal a game was impossible. A goal every other game was what made a fantastic striker. Right. You know? In today's game, and I then now like you're saying Jude is. We're setting the whole team up for Jude to score. That's the thing. Uh, yeah, that's true. Like I totally agree with that sentence, and that's why actually I, I just you know go back to the. It's not about you know taking anything away from Jude or anything, but like as you mentioned, like everything is being set up for him to score. You know, yeah. this is the game. So this is the thing as well. But I just feel like you know, nah, I don't think that's sustainable. Honestly, definitely not. But yeah, I think in this game, like he's one of the players to to look out for. At least while the purple patch keeps going, I believe it can be. But like. Sustaining that definitely not like come on like no one believes he's gonna. Start. I mean maybe Sumit believes that I don't know but I if it happens great but uh, yeah I don't think it's gonna be sustainable throughout the season. Let's see. I mean he has 13 goals in 30 games. Basically you're asking him to score 50 goals in 50 games like <laughs> even Kylian Mbappe has scored 50 goals once in his whole life. If Bellingham scores 50 goals like the Ballon d'Or is like done. You're getting it. Bro, if Bellingham scores 50 goals, man, I, I don't like buying jerseys and putting people's name. I will buy five Bellingham, man. Like, come on, like, and put it on my wall and everyone can see because uh, you can at least just even start worshipping the jersey then, man. Yeah. Let's take another bet, Farouk. Like, if Jode scores 50 goals, you're going to buy a Jode shirt for Ashik. If you scores 50 goals, I'm going to buy 10 shirts for... Okay, not let's, let's not say Ashik, Percy, like it's going to be too much. But I'm going to gift every single one person on the panel a Jude shirt. Oh, wow. Impossible. Okay. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, there's no need to even go there. And Ashik is going to get one Jude shirt and one Hagi Galatasaray shirt. Well, yeah, that's not going to happen. So there is no point. Let's see. You know, the season is long. He might surprise you. Both of them might surprise you, even Hossein. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we are coming into January actually, you know, and I feel like you know, Hossein is gonna come this against this Alka Alka Korn or Alkoyan or these clubs that have no name, you know, Fonel the brother and something like that, and it just be like you know, here comes your heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially when Cobra del Rey comes around, you know, you exactly. Watch out for exactly, exactly, man. Exactly. Anyways, man, it is what it is. I mean, the point is, if you, if uh, Hossein has scored a hat trick, it means it's been an interesting game. So. It's a small price to pay, and we will always find, you know, a solution. Yep. All right. Uh, we'll wrap it up with that. For all of you guys still listening, how many of you are still listening? Uh, there's eight of you on there. That's a, that's a huge number for a preview that we have so far. So all of you hit the th- uh, like button right now before we go. And if you have, if you are a new uh, viewer, and if you aren't a subscriber yet, consider subscribing, man. Help us out. And you know, we're also on all the audio platforms. So if you're hearing us from there uh, please give us a follow or a like and you know there's also an option to get, leave a review out in spotify let us know where we're going from and let us know if you have any other views or especially if you want to you know join in on the action uh, on the live come over here on youtube it's always a good time and we're also on instagram um, we are putting out so th- th- there's going to be a lot of home games this month and you know our ma- point man in madrid sid is going to put out a lot of juicy content from the fans so watch out for that on our instagram and on our twitter uh, let's also take this opportunity to thank our partners over at real madrid committee for their awesome work and support all right with that you know Farouk, what to say hello madrid hello madrid Thank you.